Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's game preview episode here on On Texas Football. My name is Tommy Yarsh, and I'm happy to be joined, as always, by our football expert and inside Texas writer, Ian Boyd. Uh, Longhorns heading back to the playing field following a much-needed bye week, and I think the, really the most important question, and I think the most obvious question is, where are you looking to see Texas show the most improvement coming out of the break? I think the spot that they need the most help on is how their offensive line plays on the road. Um, obviously, Quinn Ewers was pretty shaky in Stillwater. That needs to be fixed, but that's kind of a normal for a first-year starting quarterback. And it's kind of easy to forget that he's only started – what, like five games? I don't know the number off the top of my head, but obviously he missed a bunch, and he missed a bunch of the games that you would really have wanted to play um, just for the, you know, UTSA is a great learning opportunity. Um, Tech on the road would have been nicer if he'd taken that loss instead of Hudson Card so he could sort of get that out of his system, you know? So I, I'm on a rabbit trail here for my main point, but the offensive line has also been shaky on the road. And that's been part of what the problem was for Quinn Ewers and Stillwater. He had pressure in his face a lot. And uh, honestly, he handled it pretty well in terms of not making disastrous mistakes. I know he had two picks late in the game, but those were both kind of, you know, Quinn's trying to make something happen mistakes. Before that, he threw a lot of balls away or threw a lot of balls where only his guy could get it or often no one could get it, right? Um, the offensive lines, their ability to, to trade off defensive linemen and their zone runs has been shaky on the road. I need to get my thumb in the picture. Their uh, ability to handle stunts and inside pressure on the road has been iffy. You, and you just know that some of that is communication, either making sure they have the calls right or communicating during the game who's got who and what to do when. Um, you know, freshman Cole Hudson has had issues with that. Um, the whole Connor Majors Hudson interior has problems at times and they're all relatively young and inexperienced. So I, I would, I suspect, and I think we've even reported that they, that they've looked at this some, but one of their priorities had to be, we need more consistent play from our offensive line. We need more cohesion from our offensive line so that we don't have drive killing mistakes when we play on the road in loud atmospheres. And this is a, this is pretty much it. You know, Kansas, I don't know what to expect from that game, but it's not going to be what this Kansas State game is. It's like the whole season and that and that, that whole struggle for the team is on the line this weekend. So that definitely need to have straightened that out some. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and you mentioned the discipline to get 14 penalties to none against Oklahoma State. That's never a good statistic, and that'll never win you any football games. Yeah. Uh, want to take a closer look at the opponent now. Uh, we were talking about this in the pre-show. Kansas State's biggest question mark is at the quarterback position, but it's not necessarily a bad problem that they have. Will Howard, who has stepped into the starting role last week, had a phenomenal game against Oklahoma State, led him to a 48 to nothing victory. 
And they've still got Adrian Martinez in their back pocket if he's healthy come Saturday. So Chris Kleeman now has a decision to make. Do you ride the hot hand with Howard or do you go with Martinez, assuming that he's healthy? In Texas's case, how do they prepare for each quarterback and who would you prefer to see? If I'm Texas, I would rather see Will Howard. Um, I know that he's been hitting receivers down the field, which has been really nice for them. But uh, he's not anywhere near as mobile as Martinez. He doesn't – the things that he does well are not as threatening to Texas's defense as the things that Adrian Martinez does well. With Adrian Martinez, you know, if his, as long as his mobility is there, um, he's a terrific scrambler, and he's really good at throwing on the run as well. So he's basically exactly what has given Texas trouble this season and that he can break contain – um, he can pick up third downs or he can hit their, you know, bevy of small slot receivers or he throws a pretty good go ball down the field too to, to their tight ends and, and their receivers as well when he's on the move. That's exactly what Texas has just been, you know, that's what's allowed teams to sustain drives and break down Texas is that third down playmaking, either uh, hitting underneath receivers against linebackers or scrambling or combining the two even better. Uh, Spencer Sanders did it really well. Frank Harris did it really well. I don't think I need to belabor the point. That's the big threat. Will Howard does not really have that. His downhill power running is pretty, pretty good. He's a little bit like his coach, Colin Klein. He's, you know, big, powerful, can get going, can fall forward, um, can carry the ball quite a bit. Uh, but his change of direction is rubbish. When he's, when he's trying to get out of the pocket and he's trying to evade rushers, it's just he doesn't move laterally that well. Um, he needs uh, he needs Deuce Vaughn does that for them in the run game. And then in the pass game, he needs to be protected or he needs to have some space to get out of the pocket and not have uh, people in his face. When Texas has faced passers that are a little more stationary, their pass rush looks way better. Uh, probably normal, but for Texas, the disparity is just really massive for some reason. And uh, I, I think Howard is a good player. I think there's a pretty solid chance that they won't fall off as much next year as you would expect from losing uh, Deuce Vaughn and Martinez and whoever else, because I think Howard is solid and probably has some room to grow. But um, I, if I'm Texas, I would much rather face him than Adrian Martinez. We'll keep an eye on that heading into Saturday. Something for you all to keep your eye on is there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to just add some excitement to the game, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on games in states like Alabama, Florida, Texas, Kentucky. Georgia, and over 70% of the United States and Canada, excluding Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. This week, I'll be taking Bijan Robinson with more than 115 and a half rushing yards and less than 105 and a half rushing yards for Deuce Vaughn. Download the Price Picks app or visit pricepicks.com and sign up using the code Longhorns to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 off on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100 as well. If you deposit 50, Price Picks gives you 50, so on and so forth. Don't forget that's the Price Picks app or pricepicks.com and the code Longhorns to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of the team to the next level this season.
Back on track now, Ian. Uh, depending on the quarterback, the offense that Kansas State elects to go for will look different, like you just mentioned. But the one uniform plan across the board, I think, is going to be getting Deuce Vaughn the ball one way or another. He's second in the Big 12 behind Bijan for the most rushing yards per game. And he's led Kansas State on offense last year with uh, team high 150 yards of total offense and a loss to the Longhorns. How does the Texas defense go about stopping him and limiting him so that our prize picks projection can uh, can hit this week? Well, Texas handled him pretty well last year. Um, they played the option well. They contained the ball inside, and uh, they you know they built a wall inside with Keontae Coburn and, and Sweat and the other defensive tackles. He really had nowhere to go. Uh, he he did break contain a couple times and hurt them, but when it was just a matter of him trying to pick his way through bodies inside, it wasn't happening. You know, he's as good as he is. He is still, you know, 175 pounds or whatever. Right. And when guys get a hold of him, it's hard for him to get away. It's really hard to get a hold of him, but if you do, he's so light and that hurts him. Um, so they did a good job last year. I think they can do a better job this year because they have things they didn't have last year, like better contain on the ends, uh, smarter linebacker play, and their safeties play a little more flat-footed and aggressive against the run this year than they did last year. So uh, Deuce Vaughn in the run game, I mean, he might pop them once or twice because that's what he does. But as a down-to-down threat, I don't know that he's going to be that dangerous to Texas if they, they play like they should coming off a of bye week. Um, I think the bigger problem is when he's flexed out as a receiver. Um, they're going to need answers for that. And uh, if you don't have another question that will lead me to answer it, I'll, I'll tell you that I think the trick there is probably to keep DeMarvion Overshone attached to him and uh, playing him in man coverage whenever he leaves the backfield. I think that's probably their best bet. They did that some last year, and it was reasonably effective. Maybe it can be a little more effective this year with a more experienced and healthier demo. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, and the question sort of leads off of that. We're talking about receiving now. Um, I think the wide receiver stable has really grown in importance the past couple of games with Will Howard out there. And it looks like Malik Knowles has sort of emerged as his favorite target. Now, while his numbers this season may not reflect it, when I talked to Derek Young of K-State Online earlier this week, he told me that Knowles was an all-conference talent that just didn't have all-conference production. So I'll flip the question to you. When you watch him, do you feel that same way? And if so, is he a guy that the Texas secondary needs to keep an eye on and how they go about doing that? Yeah, they definitely need to keep an eye on him. Um, I had thought all conference talent about him like maybe two years ago. And it just has never, the production hasn't been there for years and years, which is at some point, like why? Like that Skylar Thompson played a lot of games for them for the last couple of years and Still didn't see that much of Malik Knowles, so um, I'm inclined to sort of discount him a little bit. But he does have talent. Um, what I've observed when I watch Kansas State is that they've been really good at getting guys open with scheme and with play action. 
And uh, it's been less about making a lot of contested catches and uh, making a lot of pinpoint throws, although they have done some of that. And a lot more like, oh, shoot, they lost that guy. He's streaking down the open field, you know, wide open. Um, so I think for Texas, I, I, teams probably get in trouble trying to play zone because of all the things that Kansas State can do to distract them, including quarterback scrambles. And uh, if you play man coverage, you have to turn your back to the quarterback, which is a little scary. But I think Texas, if they can just match up tight with either a really strict pattern matching or the straight man coverage, then I, I don't know that these receivers will be as productive as they've been in, in previous weeks. Uh, good point there. I uh, want to talk about the defense now for Kansas State. They lead the Big 12 in both sacks and turnover margin coming into this game. Felix Anadike Uzama is a huge threat on the edge of Texas has faced good edge rushers all season. Uh, he leads the Big 12 in sacks and the team with eight. It's a solid group, but this is a Texas group that's also given them struggles in the past, especially in the run game. Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson tend to have some of their bigger days against this team. Where do they find that same success on Saturday, and how do they sort of avoid – those offensive line struggles you mentioned earlier on the road? Well, the uh, Kansas State's defense is uh, they play the, they play the three down flyover. Uh, sometimes it's a three, three, five. Sometimes it's like more like a three, two, six, depending on the health of their outside linebacker. Uh, their starter is Khalid Duke. Who's like a converted edge. Um, and then his backups are more like big defensive backs. So um, they play very small. Their, their ends are small, too, like Anadike Uzuma, King Felix, that guy that you mentioned. He's like 245 pounds, 250 pounds maybe. Uh, the other defensive end is 240, 250. Uh, one of their best backup pass rushing ends is 250 pounds. So they're playing really small. And they're linebackers, too. They're linebackers. They have, like, the last couple of weeks, they've been having to play a couple of 220-pound walk-ons. Um, they're pretty good players, actually, but they're all small and they've been feasting on these spread teams and spread teams that don't have good offensive tackles. They can handle the quickness and the length of their defensive ends. So I think for Texas, it's a matter of uh, covering up their ends with big bodies, you know, get Sanders and Billingsley get out, out there, get Carrick out there, play with 12 personnel, play with 13 personnel, get all three of those tight ends on the field and just bully ball their guys. I think that's their ticket. And I think that they could find a lot of success doing that. TCU ran the ball very effectively with gap power schemes, just kind of went downhill on them. Um, and uh, Oklahoma also, Oklahoma has a big line and Oklahoma gave them a lot of trouble as well in the run game. So I think that they are a very good defense. They play very well together. They have a lot of hard playing guys, but they are small. They're fast, but they're small. And if you can make, the game come down to their ability to um, play in a broom closet rather than, you know, coming from different angles and covering space. Then I think we will see less of the heavy sack, heavy turnover, Kansas state and more of the Rashawn is running for six yards a pop, Kansas state. Yeah. And talking about throwing the ball now, uh, we, we, you've seen this line, this number, this stat everywhere since the Oklahoma state game, Quinn Ewers, 19 for 49 with three interceptions, a record number of overthrows, just overall really sloppy play. What did you see from him that was really off? And then 
just how does he sharpen up here down the stretch to get back to the Quinn that we all know and love? Well, I think um, sort of the dirty secret about Quinn Ewers is that his footwork is generally pretty terrible. Um, it's often terrible when he's good. He's so good at just you relying on his arm. This is a thing for him in high school too. I, I've never seen a quarterback complete so many uh, go balls off his back foot as I have from Quinn Ewers at South Lake Carroll. Um, he generally gets away with it and he's really good at being able to get like his upper body in a good rhythm without having like the really consistent ideal base below him. And, uh, but he saw a little bit of a knife's edge there. And I think his footwork against Oklahoma state was thrown off and he lost that little bit of margin he needed to make sure that he stayed accurate up top throwing the ball and, um, his little jittery, his footwork was bad. He missed throws that he normally makes because of uh, bad timing or just not being quite set properly. And um, I, I just attribute it to um, playing on the road, playing defenses that showed him things or, or disguised their coverages in ways that he wasn't really ready for. And, uh, and then just the pressure that he was getting in his face from those teams. So, I mean, these are just kind of normal steps of growth for him he just needs to get probably just a little bit better like iowa state quinn ewers probably wins this game even though iowa state quinn ewers was not you know a, a heisman winner by any stretch but he was good enough um he has done i would say again he has done a pretty good job of protecting the ball um he, he tends to throw the ball just you know he doesn't he doesn't lay it out there very often and uh, and risk it until, unless he has to so I, I'm not super worried about him, but I, I think that that's how I would characterize those issues. And I, I imagine that they're better this week. Just a little bit more, you know, just a little more experience and better practicing and of knowing when and where to find his receivers and his timing will clean up, you know, at least a little bit. And that may be all he needs. Yeah, that really is all you need to succeed. Um Special teams now. This was the deciding factor in this game last year. Cameron Dicker's three made field goals are the difference maker ultimately in the 22-17 to 17 victory for the Longhorns. Mm. Do you feel that that's the same case this year? And if so, how confident are you in Burt Auburn to put him through the uprights and win the Texas this game? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wow. Uh, I think they probably feel a little better about Auburn this week, not being in that weird east-west Oklahoma State building with all that wind. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the weather forecast for Manhattan this weekend, but I haven't heard about it, so I'm assuming it's not near as bad as it was in Stillwater. I think generally, though, they because they're facing the smaller defense, you want to finish drives with touchdowns. I, I think that's the better ticket. If they're having to kick a lot of field goals in this game, I would not feel as good about their chances, especially if uh, the Kansas State offense is characterized by – Fresh Adrian Martinez coming off a couple weeks of rest, running the ball on every third down, and uh, 
picking up red zone conversions on the ground and, and things like that. I think that they will lose that exchange if they have to kick too many field goals. So uh, I guess no is my answer. Don't, don't, don't leave this to Bert Auburn. All right. No, no leaving it to Bert Auburn says Ian Boyd. Uh, last question for you here. Texas has beaten Kansas state five years in a row now, but this is no oh. question the best that the Wildcats have looked in quite some time. Uh, they head on the road again where Steve Sarkeesian has struggled uh, against the number 13 team in the nation now. What are they going to have to do to pull out a victory Saturday in Manhattan? That's a fascinating stat that they've beaten them so many times in a row. I guess Tom Herman really had their number. I think Texas has also benefited from playing them late in the year a lot. And Kansas State is often is one of those Big 12 teams that has less margin for error with depth. So they accumulate injuries, like everyone accumulates injuries. You know, I was catching up to Texas the other week too. And then they, they just can't replace them. And uh, there's been some of that this year too. Obviously, Adrian Martinez is out. Their middle linebacker has been out. Um, I, can't, I feel like there's another one too that's pretty significant. I can't remember who it is. But uh, they are a little deeper this year. So they're much better. Texas is actually going to get a better version of K-State than they normally get. But I still think, you know, if Texas can clean up their secondary from the bye week or get healthier in the secondary, not allow Kansas State to get guys running down the field freely like they have against some of their other opponents, and if they can really get their second-half offensive game plan on track where they're running the ball and letting the game come down to Roshan and Bijan rather than Quinn Ewers playing on the road – then I think they should be able to, to carry the day. All right, so expect a big day from Roshan and Bijan, as typically they do against Kansas State. Uh, really great insight, as always, Ian. Thanks so much for joining us. Folks, go make sure to follow Ian on Twitter over at, at Ian underscore A underscore Boyd for more analysis and breakdowns through the week. He just did a really good breakdown on the Tennessee offense and how to stop it, so that's an interesting read. Go ahead and check that one out. Um, and be sure to stick around InsideTexas.com for more coverage throughout the week and into the weekend as the Longhorns head to Manhattan to take on Kansas State for a 6 o'clock kickoff under the lights. Lastly, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel for more Texas football content all the time. Channel's almost at 10,000 subscribers. We'd really appreciate it if you guys subscribe to get over that mark. Thank you for all the support up to this point. For our producer, Matthew Hutchison, and all the great folks at Inside Texas, my name is Tommy Yarsh, signing off saying have a great day, and we'll see you next time.